Welcome to Comforting the Chaos. I'm your host, Paola Furman. And I'm Jackie Palm. Thanks for joining us for our 10th episode, which we are super excited about. And we are celebrating our 10th episode by doing our first ever interview with the Touchstone Foundation. We are so excited to be joined by Sobeda and Shanice today. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Yay. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for, you know, going back and forth for what feels like ages in order to get it it done. We're so excited um, to have you guys here and to learn more about everything that you are doing for Lancaster County in the mental health community because it is amazing and we're so happy. (laughs) We need lots of it. Yes. Yes, for sure. I will say I found out about you guys through my therapist, not my current therapist, but my older therapist. And she told me, I think like during the pandemic, she was like, hey, there's, you know, you're working on your trauma stuff and I really want you to come every week and a $50 copay is insane. Mm-hmm. So why don't you reach out to, you were LOHF at the time, mm-hmm. um, but why don't you reach out to them and apply for their mental health copay assistance program? And I was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and who are they? Yeah. What are they doing? And that process was so easy and amazing and I think I've been on it for like three years now, and it has been vital to my mental health, like healing. It's been amazing. So I'm really happy that I found you guys, and then now I'm happy to find out how much else you guys do. Yes, that's so great to hear. Um, I don't know if we want to go right into like Touchstone and the history. Yes, or, yes, absolutely. So I mean, since you started with the mental health copay assistance program, I started at Touchstone while I was LOHF back in 2019, and immediately took to that program. Like, it became my baby. So (laughs) um, it's so amazing to hear, like, a true testimony of someone who utilized the program instead of me, like, sitting behind the computer, like, processing applications and things. (laughs) So that's so great to hear. But um, so Touchstone Foundation was originally Lancaster Osteopathic Health Foundation which pretty much stemmed from um, the old community hospital by Franklin and Marshall. Okay. It used to be within that hospital. It was, um, I don't know the whole history, but it- I thought it it was on Orange Street. Was it the Orange Street Mm -hmm. one where Daddy Mm. Stevens is now? Yes. Okay, yeah. Mm. So I get them to, I I forgot that that used to be a hospital Mm -hmm. there. So it was that one, the one on Orange Street that Daddy Daddy Stevens uses now for like students and residents. yeah, so it's like half a dorm now yeah. and like half classrooms. Okay. But I live, like my parents live around there, so yeah, I was like familiar with the building. Yeah, so the foundation was a part of like their nursing department okay. in some way or another. And then when that hospital closed down, the foundation became their own independent okay. um, nonprofit organization. And so... Um, I mean, when I joined in 2019, they were already their own nonprofit for a very long time. But that copay assistance program stemmed from a program called PALCO. Okay. Um, P-A-L-C-L. And like I said, I'm not like well versed in the history, but it just grew and blossomed. And as we get feedback from the community, we realize that a fifty dollar copay is super high. Yes. Especially <laughs> if you need to go weekly or like twice a week, like that can really add up. And that's one of the barriers that prevent people from seeking mental health services is 
the cost. Absolutely. And so for us to be able to lower that cost to $10 per visit, it was like, yes, this is my baby. This is what I want to see happening. And then the pandemic hit and we were like, whoa. (laughs) And so we realized like, during that time, we opened our we opened our requirements to like anyone who is struggling financially yes. can join this program, and then now, of course, we we went back pre pandemic for our qualifications, but we're able to support and offer forty dollars of coverage, um, whether it's a copay or a deductible. So now it is renamed um, <laughs> because it's not only copays; it's now the mental health access assistance. Oh, okay, program, so. awesome, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. A little history on that one. That's it's such an amazing thing to offer, though, because you're right. the The financial part is a huge barrier to mental health in general, and the fact that you guys offer that not only to youth in Lancaster County, but also to parents of youth in Lancaster County, that right there, I feel like makes all the difference in the world that you recognize that the parents are often the ones that need extra support Mm -hmm. too when the kiddos are also struggling because a lot of times you know it's us struggling with our own stuff yeah (laughs) um and why our our kids are having a hard time with things as well and i think just looking at that comprehensively that's amazing that you recognize that part Mm -hmm. and you're not just focusing on one piece of it you're trying to do all of it. <laughs> yes. I mean, just what substance abuse, mental health is a family disorder. Like, yes. It's not only just that individual struggling, it's the whole family unit. Right. So if you're a parent of a parent or a guardian of a dependent under the age of 25, you can still qualify. That's awesome. Whether or not that child or dependent is seeking services themselves. That's great. If you need the services, you would qualify as well. That's great. That's amazing. And that's all on our website. <laughs> Very much like properly explained things to the beta, but that's yeah. just... <laughs> I try. <laughs> Which we will, just as a side note, we will definitely link you guys on like our Instagram and on the podcast description too, so that people can and have quick access to all all of that and and more of what we will talk nice. about. Nice. Um, <clears throat> did you want to talk about like some of the other stuff that you guys offer? Yeah, I can go into it. So I'm Sobeta Rosa. I've um, been with Touchstone for a little over a year now, um, and I'm the communications and development manager. But I've been dipping my toe into programs with Shanice's uh, grace and. <laughs> Um, kindness. Um, so we started a youth mental health summit last fall and it's been going really well. Um, so Shanice and I are both like locals to Lancaster, um, city. And one of the things that I was thinking about, I was like, we have all this, you know, all these resources and connections to mental health professionals. Um, how can we, you know, get youth into our space and connect them with you know, the same language and resources that we have now. So it's not only just therapy, but it's just, it's also having the, you know, insight in the language to talk about like what you're feeling. So yes. like, I'm not just feeling sad. I'm feeling like I can't get out of my bed. What's that called? Depression. So like right. connecting all those dots. And um, we developed this mental health youth summit. So we bring in mental health professionals. And then we also bring in local artists to talk to um, high school students about mental health and have these 
open conversations. So we've had two um, series of the summit so far. So we had one in the fall, one in the spring, and that's been going really well. And we've been connecting a lot with the community and the youth like around Lancaster. Um, so that's been really exciting. And it's a free summit to participate. It's that's free awesome. to register. There's no cost involved because we really wanted to make it as accessible as possible. And how do you guys like reach out to get connected with the youth? Like, are you in contact with schools, um, like with their school counselors, things like that? So mostly our outreach has been through social media. So we've also partnered with a local clothing brand that focuses on mental health. The the Hood Hippie Love Yourself. Shanice is wearing one of their shirts that says Mental Health Matters. Um, and they do a lot of cool things and they're really connected with the youth in the county. So, um, we partner with them and they post us on their social media. So that's how a lot of the kids got to know like about the program. Cool. So it's been really cool. And like one of the things that after you complete the four weeks, you get like a gift box with some Mm. merch from the hood hippies and then like a certificate from us, which I'm sure they look forward to. Yeah. You know, besides getting the help, Mm -hmm. also getting the goodies. Yeah. 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 That's, that's amazing. And then, um, yeah. Oh, sorry. And then, along with that, uh, we offer a mental health uh, career scholarship, which was originally a nursing scholarship because of the whole history with the um, the hospital. Yeah. So that has expanded and kind of shifted gears. Um, last year in January, we decided since we're doing so much um, workforce development in the in the pipeline of um, mental health mm-hmm. that yes. we will offer these scholarships specifically to students who are pursuing careers in the mental health field, whether it's psychology or social work or psych um, psych psych NP. Um, they can apply for the scholarship that's in partnership with Steinman Foundation as well. And um, we just offer local undergraduate students or graduate students um, of Lancaster County who are pursuing a degree in mental health. Another awesome thing to offer that I'm currently working on my application for. <laughs> I saw you in drag. See, but isn't it awesome that, like, you know, you guys help the young community and you help, you know, the parents. And, like, some of these people that you're already helping benefit with the scholarship to help, like, you know, other people like them. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, such an amazing, like, circle in a right. way, you know. It does go, like, it goes from stages. So yes. The Rise Above Youth Summit, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I really want to get into this field. Yes. So you attend college, and you're like, I could use a scholarship. So you could come back to Touchstone and be like, can I apply to one of your scholarships? Cool. And then you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to be licensed. So we offer a clinical supervision fellowship, which um, helps postmaster graduates get their licensure pretty much covering the supervision costs for them, which, is which could be amazing. very expensive. <laughs> it's a very long time. So this clinical fellowship um, offers students, offers postgraduate students an opportunity to be matched with a supervisor in Lancaster County, and you don't have to pay out of pocket for your supervision. Um, there it's are like some 2,000 hours. Two, two to wow. 3,000 hours to complete your, to, you know, yeah. complete your clinical and supervision hours to sit for your licensure. So we just developed this like cohort community to where we can help support those who are looking to get licensed and provide an opportunity for, you know, networking and getting your CEUs and just reaching out to different mental health organizations in general for like group supervision. And then you can go through that cohort 
and you don't have to pay for your supervision, and you can get licensed, and it's just like something you don't have to worry about as you're going through this two to three thousand hour mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. After so, you already spent a bunch of money on school, <laughs> yeah, that's like a, it's a good way to relieve people of all that, you know, and and also help with their mental health right. because the load and is big. And in between those stages, you know, you're seeking services yourself, so mm-hmm. my copay is a little high. Right, I can benefit. <laughs> like, like a one stop shop. It's like yeah. a Walmart of like. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's important because, like, not a lot of people like realize that this is out here. Like, this is here for us to use. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and we just like just go crazy within our own heads, like figuring out things. Like, this is such a relief. Like, I didn't know until she told me about it. Yeah. You know, and now I'm like, go into him, like, I'm going into social media soon. Like, I'm just going to go and check all that <laughs> stuff, you know? Yes. That's amazing. I'm, I'm glad we're doing this because this is, I think, something like that needs to be out there. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. And I, what I think is also really cool is that, like, you guys are putting it back into the community. So, like, you're trying to make the community healthier and more aware of what's going on. Because I know that's, that's, like, one of the stipulations with, like, the scholarship is that you then have to commit to working in Lancaster County for mm-hmm. as many years as you get, you know, uh, the scholarship for. And I think that is a really beautiful thing because you know that you are investing in these people who are having this passion for mental health. They want to educate other people. They want to advocate for other people. They want to reduce the stigma. And you're doing it in the community, which like has such an awesome ripple effect to to make people feel less alone in general and to really feel that that support and encouragement in pursuing it which i think is really beautiful yeah some people see that locality agreement as kind of restrictive but i mean we are lancaster county based and we understand life happens like you have to move but we have provided opportunities to work through those you know those different scenarios but um, investing back into the Lancaster County community is very important to Touchstone Foundation. So that's why we put those locality, you know, agreements on our scholarships and on our clinical fellowship. Yeah. And on our mental health access assistance. Mm-hmm. Like we want the practice to be in Lancaster County as well. Which, I mean, that just helps the community in general. And I mm-hmm. think that that is, I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yes. think it's, res- I don't think it's as restrictive as as it could be. I think it's it's a really <laughs> communication and <to> marketing. <laughs> yes. I'm just I'm bothering Shanice because I'm trying to make sure I'm like get the sound, put the mic closer. That's okay, no worries. Um, but no, I, I I just I think it's great. I think it's great to put it back into the community and like I said to have that that ripple effect and to because if you if you continue to invest in the community, the community is going to be healthier. Yes. And and kids are going to be supported. Their parents are going to be supported, which in turn supports a bunch of other people. Right. You know what I mean? And I, and I always say, like, I think that even doing really, like, you know, your life's purpose doesn't necessarily have to be where, like, the heavens open and the lights shine down and the angels <laughs> sing and you're like, oh, I know, like, everything, that's fine, and I know what I'm doing. Um, because I think you can do something that is smaller in scale and still make a huge yeah, impact. Yes. And I think that that is awesome. <laughs> yes. Anything helps. Yeah. Especially in mental health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Um, 
did i wanted to say something yeah, about um, like focusing on the community i yeah. think a lot of people when we talk about mental health they don't realize like how much every single little thing affects mental mm-hmm. health yeah so even when we talk about access like if your therapist is in like dauphin county or york county like who's going to take care of the kids while you're going to your right. appointment like getting gas money and like all these things when we talk about like one aspect of mental health, the more that we can keep it local, the more it's accessible to more people in this community. That's such a great it makes point. Complete yeah. sense. Especially when you're already reaching out for help, mm-hmm. you know, to be offered, you know, here and that's right. amazing. Like mm-hmm. I again, we need it. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about accessibility always makes me think about like my own privilege. Like yes. I am lucky to have a license and a car and money for gas. But if people don't have those three things, they can't get therapy. Right. Or I have access to, you know, Wi-Fi. And if you don't, you can't do teletherapy because that's not, you know, right. accessible to you. Or if you have kids and you need a sitter, then when are you having time to do all these different things? Um, and that kind of goes into our like new parent support group where we're trying to make it accessible. Yeah, so also this sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so we are partnering with CAP Community Action Program to um, provide the community with a parenting support group, and I put that in quotation marks because it's just kind of like an open discussion. I don't want to put you know, a title on it. Mm-hmm. So we are calling it a moment to breathe parenting for mental wellness. And any parent, any auntie, any grandma, anyone who is parenting a child can attend this group. And same kind of concept with the Rise Above Youth Summit is where we will talk about different mental health topics that focus on parenting. Along with that, the ability to provide childcare for an hour, so with CAP, we're able to allow children to come with their parents, and the CAP um, teaching staff would take the children, and then I would be facilitating the parent group, and they can have that hour to just breathe, a moment to breathe, right? And just like exhale, have a meal, you know, and just discuss all the challenges, all the rewards, all the struggles, anything that has to do with parenting um, for that hour on a Wednesday, you know, so that's so nice. I'm and like, so, I'm the parent. Listening, like, like, where what? do I sign up? Yeah. I know. <laughs> so we're going to be starting that hopefully in August with CAD. Wow. Um, so stay tuned for updates regarding yes. that additional program that we are beginning to that's do. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. Like, it's just like a Mary Poppins bag of, oh yeah, and we're going to do this <laughs> yeah. and we're going to do this. And here's this again. And like, and everything that you say is just amazing. It's one and, it, and it's needed. And mm-hmm. I know like, I, like I get really like emotional and passionate. I will like, if I don't leave here without crying at least like twice <laughs> we didn't do it and I've already teared up like a couple times because it just makes me so happy to hear about like these really needed things because there is such a stigma around mental health mm-hmm. and asking for help yes. mm-hmm. and accepting help mm-hmm. and the more we talk about it and the more access there is to things that are accessible that's really redundant but (laughs) um like it just it it just reduces it reduces the stigma like more and more and I think that that is so needed and then also creating that community where people feel less alone and realize that like sorry I keep hearing you oh sorry because I talk with my hands yes Ah. sorry Um, 
that they're like, um, what was I saying? This is what happens every time. The stigma. (laughs) The stigma. (laughs) Um, Like realizing that they're not alone and that like, even like with just, you know, to focus in on parenting, like Mm -hmm. parenting is beautiful and also it's really really hard yes. <laughs> we can call it what it is right. yes it's, it's hard are we able to curse on this podcast oh we no, do all the time <laughs> like, it sounds really fucking hard yes, it, is. it is i don't really have children hard. but like my friends <laughs> oh. are also parents and it's just like I'm we like, see it through their eyes yeah y'all are doing a lot like yeah. i i i like to i like to play the auntie role and i'm like do you need yes. like me to babysit for an hour i got it i'll right. take them oh, shopping you wanna be no, i was gonna okay. say are you taking extra children sure. in your auntie role? <laughs> no i i'm literally the worst though because i'm always spoiling them and then they go back to their parents right and mm-hmm. yeah, we'll cancel that but um, <laughs> no i mean i just came from my parents teacher meeting kind of thing and i can tell you like just thinking about just going there and just unloading a little yes. you know while my kids are over there having their Your own kids fun. are in a safe like environment as well right next door to you and they're getting the same mental health lessons but just kid-friendly versions see. so the same topics that the parents are going to be doing that it's going to be mirrored in the children's that's activities so cool. which that's like so you can discuss start. it on the way home <laughs> right yeah. that's what i was going to say like it creates like conversation that to like educate. needs to be had and I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself. I can speak for Paul <laughs> a little bit. I, we didn't have those conversations no. growing oh, no. up. I no. have, I'm in, you know, my mid thirties learning how to talk about my feelings mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. feeling my feelings. Mm-hmm. And instead of just like intellectualizing them. <laughs> Me all the time. <laughs> which I did for like forever. And so like to know that there's, you know, I mean, they don't really talk about that in school. I like no. some some schools are working towards that. You know, um, like social emotional learning, but it's not the yeah. same thing as like learning it from your parents. Right. And so I think that that is a really beautiful thing, also, to like create conversation that is age appropriate, but still, you know, you can talk about it to say, here's what it is, and you know, mommy's mommy's not always perfect (laughs) all the time. And I don't handle things perfectly all the time. However, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, and then I don't have that expectation of you to be perfect either. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is, that's good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Going back to like the stigma conversation, I've learned a lot, like kind of facilitating and putting together the Rise Above the Youth Summit and just speaking with high school students, like they are very, smart they are intellectual they want to have these conversations but sometimes they don't even have the platform because they're still seen as children they're seen as someone that you know doesn't have their own autonomy or their own like intellectual like you know being they're just someone that's attached to another person their parent right and one thing that i've been seeing a lot online too is like remembering that children are their own person yes like even if you gave birth to them like that's still Mm -hmm. a person and you're a person so when we're talking about mental health stigma like understanding that like we are all people with our own different things and i always think it's interesting like going into um like therapist TikTok and yes. <laughs> they're like two like two siblings can go into a situation and one can come out traumatized yes. and the other one cannot. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting. Like when I talk to my sister about like things where we grew like when we grew up, like I definitely have a lot of religious trauma in and around 
like the way that I dress, the things that I do and say, like yeah. I I drink alcohol. Yes. I'm of age. I'm 25. <laughs> I know I sound young. But she doesn't look. Like, she doesn't look. Like does. <laughs> no, the other day someone was like, "Are you in high school?" I was like, "No." <laughs> you look I know. I I look really young. But like one of the things is I I drink alcohol. I like to go out with my friends to the bar and whatever and my mom's like clutching her pearls because she's a good christian woman and i'm yeah. like mom i don't have a problem it's just something that i do but it's something she's never done so it's like mm-hmm. we have this very tumultuous relationship with all these different facets yeah. of like who i am and i'm like i'm still your daughter but i'm still my own person absolutely yeah um and having those conversations with my mom when i like went to college and i was like hey so i'm feeling these things of like anxiety and depression she's like you just need to pray we talk about this all the time pray it away and i'm like i have been praying and god's telling me i need a therapist so yeah these i think all of it's very connected but the stigma is still there when you say the words mental health people are like i'm not crazy yeah i don't need therapy i don't need medicine like i'm fine so when we're doing the when we're having these conversations with these high school kids we always try to approach it with like how are you feeling at school like we had this one um person from capcom from their domestic violence services department and they had a whole presentation on safe dating for teens oh cool and we were just talking about like what does a healthy relationship look like what mm-hmm. what does you know a not so great relationship look like and what does an abusive relationship look like yes. and we were just saying all these traits and like you know inherently it, we're talking about mental health within a relationship yes but we weren't saying the words mental health every other second we were saying right you know texting your your significant other like every other minute maybe that's not as healthy as you know just <laughs> trusting them when they're saying they're out with their friend or something yes so no, for sure. I I was thinking when you were saying that too, I, I attended the women's empowerment workshop um, a couple weeks ago, also through Touchstone. Yeah, you know, we do community the, events. Yes, yeah. <laughs> another thing out of the Mary Poppins bag of mental health things they do. Um, but I I had said, you know, in my introduction that like my self-care was that I go to therapy and the reaction was very positive to that. And then it was interesting to me because when we did like gratitude at the end, someone was like, I'm really grateful that you said that because there's such a huge stigma around mental health, but like you weren't afraid to say like, I take care of myself by going to therapy. And I, I sat with that for a minute because I was like, ooh, like I, <laughs> I know I wasn't necessarily like trying to like bust it down right. in that Break moment. A stigma. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, to realize that even just saying, I go to therapy, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Because, like, I've been all about, like, sharing my story and, you know, the details. But, I, you know, I didn't get real intimate with anybody mm-hmm. <laughs> in the hour that I was here. But just saying that was was powerful to someone. And I think that that is amazing to think about that your words can have that much power in such a small way (laughs) i think it's hard for people to like get used to that like let's normalize saying like i go to therapy out loud without feeling like who's going to judge me in the room right like with any diagnosis that you have like you don't want to introduce yourself like hi i'm shanice and i have anxiety and depression (laughs) and i deal with postpartum (laughs) depression like you know so like let's just normalize like it's okay to be honest about 
how you take care of yourself. And if therapy is one of them, then I should be able to say this out loud without Mm -hmm. feeling judged. Absolutely. It's like the strength behind like just saying you go to therapy. It's like, you know, a lot of people see it as weakness. Mm -hmm. And like, that's one thing we talk about on Mm -hmm. and we touch a lot on. Like, it's not weakness. Like the work itself. And I can tell you because I'm that person, (laughs) you know? So like for me to like hear this, I'm like the person, you know, behind the screens of social media and things like listening like oh like yeah you know I get it because it took a lot for me to actually just say what I needed to say about Mm -hmm. how I was feeling you know until I met someone who actually you know is very in touch with her emotions and things like that so which I guess is me this is yeah (laughs) pretty much but like to know that like you know you guys are out there reaching out to people like hey we're here like Mm -hmm. come to us we can help Right. You know, that's already amazing. And starting with the youth, you know, and then teaching them, you know, to adults, like, that. what more? Like, you know? And, and our definition of youth um, as a Touchstone Foundation is 0 mm-hmm. to 25 years old. So we have, like, a wide range of, like, people that we're trying to Which target. Which is so appropriate. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> your prefrontal cortex isn't developed yeah. until you're 25 anyway. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're trying yeah. to help with that transitional age more. Focus on, like, that life after high school mm-hmm. and how to navigate adulthood. and oh, like yes. Much the needed. the pressure to like go to a four year university like that's out the window like we mm-hmm. here support any decision that you make right you know like whether it's the military whether it's a community college whether it's the workforce but if it's the tech school like we're not pressuring you to do a four year college at, right after graduation yeah. we understand a gap year like we just we just want to be able to support the different stories which I think is really great I don't know if it was like becoming a parent for me. I have, a, I have a 10-year-old and an almost 6-year-old. That makes me cry a little bit. I'm not ready for him to turn 6. But anyways, um, and I am just, like, thinking to myself, or, like, even with, like, my cousin's kids who, like, one is getting ready to graduate from high school this year. I'm like, wow, you have to make your, like, life decision about what you would like to do for the rest of eternity um, right now. Right. Oh. <laughs> um you know, meanwhile, I'll be 35 this year and I will hopefully be graduating with my bachelor's next year. But like I, yay, I yay. <laughs> um, but I've been, I've been a little hard on myself about that, but then I feel like I've been giving myself a lot more grace to be like, um, don't know how you thought you were supposed to have it all figured right. out Good for you. Like, at 18, right at, at 18. <laughs> right. And technically I, I graduated at 17. So like, like I'm like oh no you know what I think it's okay I think it's okay that it took a while I think it's okay that you dabbled in a couple different things (laughs) to try and like figure out where you fit because how the hell are you supposed to know exactly who you are and what you want especially if you didn't have like an incredibly stable home life that part (laughs) that part I can relate it took me 13 years to get my bachelor's yeah yeah and I went to Hack and I went to like four different Bloomsburg and Westchester and finally landed with Millersville but we're like 13 years later like (laughs) so I can I want to support those students who feel so much pressure Mm because I went to Bloomsburg right out of high school and I was just like ooh, this mountain not for me (laughs) (laughs) and like life happened right and then I went to hack and I graduated from hack and then life happened again and then I went to Westchester and life happened again so it's just like sometimes it's not like four and done sometimes it's like 13 yeah and just getting started (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I like I did the same thing, and like I went to Lebanon Valley right out of high school. And I went for a semester, mm-hmm. and then there was a lot of stuff going on at home, and I was like, you know what, I can't, like, I, I can't handle it. Like, I gotta, I gotta go back. I gotta help. I worked. I went to Millersville for a while. Um, then I moved to North Carolina. Went wow. to a, don't ask me why. That's a whole story for another day. A very <laughs> like conservative Christian school in North Carolina. That didn't fit <laughs> at all. I don't know what I was thinking, but, um, and then I, I got married and I got pregnant and I, then I forgot about it. <laughs> and then I, uh, enrolled in, uh, E-Town's adult accelerated degree program back in 2014 mm-hmm. and I'm still in it, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because like financial stuff came up and, uh, like, you know, I lost both my parents in that time frame and like all this stuff. And I was like, I can't do this. Right. I can't do it at all. And now I went back in, you know, February and I'm back to doing it. But man, that that shame point of like, oh, yeah. oh like I should be doing. Because your age is attached to where, you're, oh, uh, where your achievements yeah. like should be. So, OK, I'm 18. Like at 24, I need to be <laughs> mm-hmm. graduated mm-hmm. and then I need to be married yeah. at 30. <laughs> and I have to <laughs> But there's still so much societal yes. pressure to mm-hmm. follow. Yes. And it's just yes. like, F that. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. if it takes you a little while to get to understand what you want to become and where you want to go in life, then take that time that you need. Yeah. So I really want to start supporting like that transitional age and right yeah. out, of, right out right. of high school and like the world is like on your shoulders at that point to decide what you want to do. Yeah, like, no, it's a crazy amount of pressure. And to be honest, I mean, you know, my 35th birthday is coming up in August and I'm like, how am I, I'm in my mid thirties. Like I thought, <laughs> Ooh, like I still feel like I'm in like my early twenties. Mm-hmm. And I think this aging thing is a myth. Cause like you just, like your body gets older, but like your mind is still, mm. you know, where you're at. And I think, you know, all of the, like what you were saying, like that, like societal pressure is insane. And then I don't think it's, I don't think it's real. Like, yeah. I think like, <laughs> it's not. It's all a myth. Yeah. 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 Like who made that? It's definitely, I definitely um, can relate to when we're talking about college and how it wasn't like the best, at least for me, mental health wise, I had a horrible time all four years and somehow I made it out because (laughs) it it was just like very not good for me. Um, And if we get into like the intersections, when we think about higher education, like it was not built for people of color. It wasn't Mm. built for women. It, they, they don't want us to be educated. They never wanted us to be educated. Thanks Reagan. Um, So (laughs) like being in a space where it was just like working all the time and there was just no, I feel like there was no way for me to like kind of like breathe. Like yeah. I would have loved a moment to breathe if yes. I was like as a student. I remember my first year. So the second semester of freshman year, I had a literal breakdown. Like I had mm. um, an anxiety attack and I was, <laughs> Sorry. do you hear the cooking? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the end of my freshman year, I had like an anxiety attack where I packed up my whole entire room and I called my parents oh, crying wow. and said, you need to come get me. And my college was four hours away in a different state. Oh, geez. So um, 
I was like crying and then I t- talked to my RA and I was like, I'm leaving tomorrow. Like I'm done. And it was two weeks before the end of the semester. So oh, it was wow. two weeks before finals week. Yeah, I was, I was done. I was like, I need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, my RA was like, what's going on? And then she called her like boss of so the residence director. And then they were like trying to calm me down and they were like, Hey, you have two more weeks. Just like, finish school and that's fine but my parents still came up the next day so um it's saturday morning in like may in 2017 and i was like just kidding so you can take all (laughs) you can take all my stuff that i packed and i just kept like two weeks worth of clothes but it was just like not okay and then i had another like mental health crises like later that fall and then I told myself, I was like, I'm not going to let school or anything like kill me, like send me to get so overwhelmed where I don't think I can be alive. Mm -hmm. So then I took a semester off from school and I was like, this is what's best for me. I did all the paperwork. I looked it up. And then at the end of that semester, I was like, mom, I'm not going back to school next semester. It wasn't even a question. I told her that's what it was. (laughs) And I think that was the best thing I could have done for my mental health, because I think if I would have kept going into school, like something would have happened so i mean if you're burnt out right that is that nothing's going to be good for you at that point Mm -hmm. to keep on pushing yourself to go in a direction Mm -hmm. that's just going to feed your burnout more (laughs) yeah and higher education just was so hard like being first gen and Mm -hmm. being you know growing up poor and then going to this private liberal arts school around all these white people that have summer homes and like Mm -hmm. don't even know what FAFSA is and I was like what like it was just so crazy to me um and it was definitely a culture shock but it was reverse culture shock because I've heard a lot of people go to college and they discover all these new new cultures and races and things and I was just like I had reversed because I was like, what is it like to be rich? I mm. I don't know, but I kind of found out a little bit. So Yeah. It was just very, very interesting. So I'm definitely pro don't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> not like don't go to college, but like. It's not the only option. It's not the only option, but it's no, so pa- it used to be so pounded in mm-hmm. to like advisement in high school, like. And and college recruitment and like you need to go to a four year university yeah. immediately after high school and it's not for everyone and yes. that's okay but it wasn't told to us that it's not for everyone yeah. which it's, is a, that's a very U S centric yeah. thing as yeah. well like it is so much more common in other countries to like take a, a gap year or a couple gap years and like not worry about it and there's not that same pressure to like achieve and like mm-hmm. be a ceo of blah 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 well everything's fast yeah like you have to get it done you have to get it done next step next step make right. money you have to make money mm-hmm. so you can have the home you can have the kids exactly you know it's all like that i think it's it's so like cool in a way I will say. They try to make it. Yeah. yeah, but like it's so cool. Like we all had different experiences. So like you two like went to college on and off. You finished and kept through. Well, I'm here like I told myself I was going to take the gap and the gap turned into years <laughs> and years and years and I never did. Mm-hmm. But I let my fear stop me, you know. And I just think it's it's kind of weird how, like, you know, we all could have used that help that you guys provide now, mm-hmm. like, at our times, you know, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but For it, sure. You know, I, I get it. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, if we wanted to go into personal stories, there's just, I mean, I think we touched on a lot already, but there's, yeah. just, I mean, there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of trauma yes. when, especially in my household growing up as an African-American, our family Baptist, very Baptist, and like everything was just swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. I grew up with, my mother was a recovering addict. She was in addiction while I was growing up. So we were kinship to our, my grandmother's house. Okay. So my grandmother had all of us. Thank God it kept us out of the system. But in a way, it was no better than being in foster care because it was just like no nurture. Like here goes your food and clothes and like no emotional, you know, support growing up or anything. And it just, yeah. I think like you were saying, I have a twin. I think Sabeda was saying like, Somebody was saying, like, it's amazing how you have a sibling and they have mm-hmm. different oh, perspectives yeah. Yeah. on yes. how you're upbringing. Yeah. Like, my perspective was to, like, let me turn this struggle into, like, helping someone else that's yeah. experiencing the same struggle. My twins, you know, way of dealing with it is totally separate. And we grew up in the same house. And, like, I can't fault her for how her life turned out. And right. she can't fault me for the path that I chose to, you know, chose to go. So I think it's, that's just, like, very important when dealing with a family unit just because one sibling is doing amazing in school and the other one like the judgment of it all oh yeah completely i mean that like it falls on two sides like you both grow up in a in the same environment you have two different reactions to it because you're two different people and we don't pay attention to that a lot. I don't think like Mm -hmm. I like, I know that like my brother and I are two very different people and and I'm a lot older than him too. So I think, you know, we experienced our parents in a different way and we're impacted in different ways too. Um, But I see that so much like across the board that, you know, we always say like um, we've talked in past episodes about, like how trauma is more of like some kind of like spectrum type thing as to like what affects people. Cause like, you know, we could leave here today and I could get rear-ended and she could get rear-ended and I might not be able to drive for six months. Cause I'm like, Oh gosh, like I, I can't mm-hmm. go through that again. That was really scary. Like, you know, even if nothing happened and she's like, no, it's fine. Like I, yeah. I don't care at all. And, and I don't think we pay attention to the fact that like, I, I think, not to get like super political here, but like I feel like our, I feel like our culture like really pushes this like you know if you don't deal with it how I would deal with it oh yeah um, like I don't understand it yeah. and like the way that it worked for me worked for me so I don't understand why it would not work for you and I don't have that reaction to that so I don't know why you're having that reaction to that and I I just feel like. <laughs> We get lost in that sometimes in the mental health world to be like, I don't know why you're sad about that. I don't know Mm -hmm. why you can't get out of bed. I went through worse and I can get Mm up. And I'm like, "Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just no. There's a lot of nuance to uh, invisible disabilities as some people talk to them, talk about it. And um, I've seen a lot of like discourse online when Um, we talk about like ADHD, for example, or mental illnesses, like people see you not being able to get out of bed or feed yourself, brush your hair or brush your teeth or, you know, make yourself a meal. They see those as personal failings as versus like it being a symptom of an illness. Yes. And when I saw that, I was like, that is so real because I've been in like 
I, I like to call them flare-ups of depression where yeah. I just like can't get out of bed. I don't really like take care of myself. Right. And um, I remember the last time I went to the dentist, they were like telling me that like I had a lot of plaque buildup and I was like, should I tell her I have depression and I keep forgetting to brush my teeth? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that's why, and it affects your physical health. Like your mental health definitely does affect your physical health. Because to a then you're degree. worried about being like faced with judgment because mm-hmm. like a dentist is going to be like, okay, <laughs> right. cool, floss twice. Like, right. I don't, like what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And because you're not met with, with that understanding all of the time. And I think that that makes it scary to see say, Hey, I'm, this is like, if you want me to be honest with you and be authentic about what I'm going through, you're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't sound great. And you're not going to understand it if you've never been through it in a way. I think like people don't give themselves enough credit for how much empathy they could have yeah. <laughs> if they decided to be a little bit more, more open-minded. And I'm listening to a book right now called Toxic Positivity mm. um, by Whitney Goodman. I followed her on Instagram for a while listening to the book, but she was talking about how like a lot of our culture too will like push this. It will, if you think positively about it and if you think, if you focus on the good of the situation, then like you can overcome it. And then people are out here being like, I am being so positive or, you know, back on the religious thing, I've been praying so much right. mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, well, you don't have enough faith or you're just not, you know, manifesting mm-hmm. enough positivity. Like that's why it's not working out. And like, that is so detrimental mm-hmm. to so many people. And I don't think people realize like how like hurtful that can be to be like, well, you can't get out of bed. What do you mean? Just yeah. go out, go yeah. outside, get some fresh air you'll feel better. Like, mm, I don't know. (laughs) No, I don't know if your children just went through the PSSAs. Yes. But my my oldest did. And I never seen him jump up out of bed so quickly. I'm like, what's what's going on? I have the PSSAs today. Like, just so. And then he was like, my teacher said, don't worry. I'm like, Royce, it's okay. PSSAs suck. Right. And he was like, what? No, I'm supposed to think positive about it. And Mm. meanwhile, he's having a full blown, like, (laughs) we're going to be late. (laughs) Do you have to take the babies first? Can you drop me off first? I can't be late. Like, all this pressure on him. And I'm like, Royce, like, PSSA suck. You could say that out loud if you want to. Like, this sucks. No, no, no. I'm supposed to think positive. So that whole, like, like, toxic positivity. Like, no, in this situation, this sucks, okay? And it's okay to put that out there. Like, yeah. I hate this. And right. that's okay to say. Like, I'm not going to tell you it's going to be okay. Like, it's yes. all going to work out. Just, just you know, do your best. I always <laughs> say, when he gets out the car, I always say, do your best and forget the rest. I said, I'm not saying that. Yeah. You cannot do your best. It's all funding anyway. Right. Like, actually, <laughs> we have a whole conversation. Just, <laughs> just say it sucks. Okay? Right. And right. just say that. I mean, not going into it. Like, I don't yeah. know. I'm just like, I'm over that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I'm over giving that toxic positivity. Like, mm-hmm. no, it could suck this week. Yes. And can that's I, okay. Can I call you out for a minute? Yes. Okay. So, my dear What's friend me? over here. No, like when, when we were ta- we were just talking about that saying. the other day. Like, um, that she'll be telling me about something that is like really stressful. She's really stressed out about it. And it never <laughs> fails. She will be like, but it'll be okay. It'll be fine. fine. And then I'm like, 
Um, hello, who are you talking to? You're not talking to somebody who wants to hear that right now. Like, I am perfectly content with hearing that you are upset and whatever, and that, like, it might not be okay for a minute. Like, I don't want to hear these Band-Aid phrases on here saying, like, but, like, I'll just look at the bird side, whatever. Yeah. I love like, you. I know I'm sorry. what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, I know. Yes. But it's just, like, the habits there. And, like, right. even when I say it'll be okay, I know. Some days it's just not going to be okay. Right. You know? But it's, like she said, the band-aid mm-hmm. phrases. That I think we tell like. ourselves that as people struggling personally with different, you know, mental health issues, that that's what, that's how we, you're supposed to be resilient. And people mm-hmm. use this word so loosely. Ugh. And I, I'm just starting to realize how toxic that word could yes. be because it teaches our, our children and ourselves you have to bounce back from anything mm-hmm. very quickly. Oh, yeah. No, I don't want to bounce mm-hmm. back. I actually mm-hmm. want to lay in my bed. Like, And that's why some people don't ask for help because if you're not resilient, then you're weak. Right. Yes. Right. And then right. it's like... Like, oh, you're still dealing with that? Wasn't that like 10 years ago? You're not uh, resilient enough right. to bounce back? Like. You should be over that by yeah. now, right? Like this word resilient and how we use it. Mm. You have to be very mindful because it's, it's, it, it would teach someone and our children that like you can't go, yes. you don't, you can't give yourself an opportunity or grace to like mm-hmm. really deal with that trauma because you have to be resilient and move on with life. And yeah. so we have to be careful with that whole like, mm-hmm. yeah, it sucks, but it's going to be okay. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it might not be okay for a mm-hmm. little while and yeah. that's okay. Like that quick immediate cover up to like whatever we're dealing with like but you know what this sucks but you know it's just fine no it's not just fine and i need right. to work through that and it's right. okay no. not to be yes. okay right? yeah. i think that's one of the things that i'm always trying to tell myself right. especially in like living in this society especially american society it's like we're we're in that culture of like pick yourself up by your bootstraps so yes. if you can't do that yes. you're a failure yeah or like um, when people always ask, how are you doing? They don't actually want to hear how you're doing. Cause I'm uh, like, I'm not just, doing well or, but you don't want to hear that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was like having some suicidality the other day. Like they're <laughs> like, uh, what do you want? Uh, like, yeah. Cause they don't right. know what to mm-hmm. say after we, we, have yeah, we did like a whole podcast yeah, about like, ha- like asking people how they are yeah. or like people asking you and not really wanting to know. And like how that just has become like a, this like placating mm-hmm. phrase mm-hmm. that you say to people. And so I I try not to say it unless mm-hmm. I really want to know. You know, if I'm in passing, I'm gonna say, "Hey, right, have a good one." Because right. <laughs> like I mean yeah. that. Like I mean that. Like mm-hmm. absolutely. If I don't have space to hear your stuff, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna ask to hear your stuff. And I also don't want to hear like if I know that you know you've had some stuff going on because of things you've posted on social media and I see you in person and I say, hey, how are you? Oh, great. And I'm like, are you? Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're in the grocery store, so maybe we don't have time to like dig in, but like, I don't know. I don't believe that. So, mm-hmm. But uh, like, you know, it, yeah, it's crazy how that happens and how it has become just the norm. Mm-hmm. And then no wonder everybody feels isolated because if you do say, actually, you know, I've really been struggling with like suicidal thoughts, they're going to be like, oh, do you want me to call someone? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't want to sit with you in that. Yeah. And I don't want to be responsible for yeah, that. Like, that seems tough. And I don't yeah. think I can do that. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> that that's hard. Sorry Which is, to hear yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. It's every, like, so uh, back to that conversation is 
So for me, for instance, I think a lot has to do with the trauma of mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Yes. And also seeing what my mother went through mm-hmm. and her being like, it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's going to mm-hmm. be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going through this. You see that, you know, I'm not with you, but it's okay. So for me, that's where I get it from. Yeah. It was my only way to, like, feel like I was holding up Some in hope, a way, right. you know? Like, I was going to make it. But in reality, you know, I should have been, like, taught, like, kind of like what you do with your children. Like, hey, no, it's not. It's it's terrible right now. Right. I mean. But it'll be better, you know? I'm no perfect parent by any by any means. Or any no, of us. but that's no. a start. No. But, like, <laughs> like, I'm starting. You're like, making the change. I had my oldest at 25, and it wasn't until three years ago that I started really focusing on my undiagnosed mental health mm-hmm. because that's exactly what it was and oh, like, yeah. exactly what it is to this day. So like, I really try to be intentional not to allow that generational curse mm-hmm. yes. of like hiding your emotions and like not addressing your, your feelings and your issues yeah. openly and everything gets swept under the rug. Like, don't band-aid me. No. If you suck, if this week sucks for you, then it just sucks for you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And we can talk about that. Right. Because I want you to be, like, open and honest with me at all costs, whatever it takes, whatever you're comfortable with. But I, I, like, I think, like, something to add on to that for parenting for me has been, like, accountability. Like, mm-hmm. if I lose my patience, which you will <laughs> as a parent, because just sometimes there's just other things going on, like... The fact that, like, if I lose my temper and I yell, to go back and say to my kids later, hey, you know what? That wasn't the best way for me to handle that situation. And I, like, here's, you know, I'm tired and I was probably hungry. (laughs) And and so I, you know, I didn't, you know think before I spoke, here's how I could have handled that better. How did that make you feel? And just because I know for me, there was like zero accountability in my house growing mm-hmm. up. And so I never saw a grown up be like, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and so I think that that has been like a really important flip side of that too, is just like being my most authentic self across the board. Like I don't, my kids don't need to see me as the perfect mom. They need to know that they're also not going to be perfect, that it's okay for them to also say the wrong thing sometimes and to speak from an emotional place and that you're still loved and it's okay. And you, we can move past it, you know? Right. That's what we need to, like, that's what we need yes. as, you know, mm-hmm. our younger versions. For sure. The transparency of, like, I'm not infallible. Like, I'm still yes. human, even though I'm your parent. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah. And that's, I feel like this is all going back to, like, this is where we are starting, like, well, others have done it. But, like, we have, we're starting to change almost mm-hmm. to educate, like, yeah. our younger, you know, generations and us to, like, do better. Yeah. When it comes to mental health. Absolutely. And that's where, like, it comes in that, like, you guys are providing such a great service by being open and authentic and educating. And then, like, I want to thank you for, you know, sharing some of your stories because I think that that makes it, like, that much more relatable to the fact Mm -hmm. that, like, mental health really does affect a lot of us. (laughs) And there is a reason why, you know, you know, I will say the four of us in this room are so passionate about it and like want to reduce the stigma and help other people see that it's not 
some taboo thing that you need to shut away in a dark closet somewhere. Like it's something that everybody deals with. We're not all perfect. We don't all have it figured out. I know I don't have it figured out. (laughs) I thought I was supposed to have it more figured out by now, but I do not. Um, And that we're all just kind of winging it and that there's a lot to be said for support and encouragement in that versus like this, like shame and guilt and Mm -hmm. be hyper independent and don't, you know, deal with it by yourself, that you can have a community that has the same, you know, outlook and can be supportive and loving to you even when you're not at your best because we're all not at our best at some point. Absolutely. Yes. Um, The... I guess the, the other thing that we didn't touch on uh, that I wanted to touch on um, is the your fundraiser coming up, Feast oh, yes. of the Senses. I'll hand that to our marketing. <laughs> Listen, I just I like, what programs do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and you did a great job at that. So, <laughs> Yeah, so Feast of the Senses is our annual fundraiser. So the first time we had it was last year. So this is our second year hosting it. It'll be at um, the Excelsior in downtown Lancaster. Um, And it really is kind of based in the five senses grounding technique, which is often used for anxiety. So we have five food stations that exemplify five of our programs. And it's just going to be kind of this open like food experience where you can go to different tables and experience different like types of food. And then we have a speaking program where we invite some of our beneficiaries to come talk on stage about Um, the programs that they've been involved in and it's really just a night um, to kind of you know be in community with people but then also just to support our um, foundation and all the work we do in Lancaster County. Awesome Awesome. and when is it? It's June 1st. Perfect. (laughs) Registrations are open. Is it registrations or RSVPs? RSVP and get your tickets. Yeah get your tickets. Um, It closes on May 8th so like two weeks. Thanks for that reminder, because mm-hmm. we still haven't gotten our tickets yet. <laughs> Get your it. tickets. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think that that is also an awesome way to support you guys with all of the work that you are doing um, and, like, to be able to support the community. And then I think also to, like, learn more, mm-hmm. you know, about mental health and, like, what's going on. So I think that that would be a great event for people to attend and and support you guys for your awesome mission and the awesome work that you're doing. Um, And then one last thing just to touch on, uh, how do mental health practitioners get in touch with you to, like, um, I guess, like, get yeah enroll with your program so that way they can be part of the, what is mental health access... Program. Yes. So any practitioner in the community can be part of a lot of our programs. But yes, <laughs> um, actually, so if they just want to reach out to me via email is the okay. best way. Cool. Um, at touchstonefound.org. And it's also on our on our website under the I'll link it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to reach out via email, whether you're interested in being in the clinical supervision collaborative, which is now the mental health fellowship, cl- mental health clinical fellowship, um, or the mental health access assistance program. But everything is very nicely laid out on our website. Thanks to Sabeda. Um, but if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me via email. And I will say, I, I can attest to this, that Shanice will get back to you so quickly. <laughs> like, I feel like whenever I've needed, like, either help with, the, you know, like, 
re-registering or mm -hmm. something or had some some kind of question on that like you've gotten back to me like same day I won't give everybody that expectation because I know <laughs> you have like a, a lot right. going on sometimes but I've always been impressed with that so kudos oh, to thank you, you. For all, and, you know and then us just playing tag for a while to get yeah. this set up but I am so happy that yes. we got to do this, this today I like I'm so happy that we got to talk to you I would not be opposed to coming to talk to you guys again because I think you know you guys shared a lot of really valuable information and then just I think just having more people to talk to about like this common you know passion um, is a really beautiful thing too and like I could talk about it forever so <laughs> I, I just think that's really great and and you know if you guys have other stuff that's coming up we'd be happy to spotlight it for you too so awesome yeah. thank, you. thank you so much and Appreciate thanks for being you. on our 10th episode Yay. and our first interview mm -hmm. and i'm really proud of us i think we all did a really good job <laughs> <laughs> yes thank you awesome thank you guys